Welcome to a Junior VC Unfiltered. My name is Mazin and I'll be your host today. And I have with me Bhumika, Manshi and Shali to take us through Urban Company's journey. Bhumika, um, why did we choose to write about Urban Company this week? So uh, Mazin, in the last couple of weeks, we've seen a very large number of companies raising funding and reaching a billion dollar valuation, right? So, and with COVID in the picture, most of us on this group uh, have been living or are living under lockdown. So urban companies' relevance has grown massively in this time and has, as has the company. So uh, we were just talking about how many of us in this group itself ended up becoming first-time customers for the company during this period. And of course, uh, urban company has recently raised fresh capital, last month and is now a unicorn. So uh, now is as good a time as ever to talk about it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think a lot of people have become first time users. Uh, and, and Manshi, can you actually take us back to the beginning and, and talk about the origin uh, of Urban Company? And can you tell us a bit about their business model? Uh, sure, Mazin. So Urban Company was uh, founded in around 2014. Uh, the founders, Varun Kaitan and Abhiraj Bhal, were actually uh, batchmates at uh, IIT Kanpur. Uh, the entrepreneurship bug had already bit them. And while they were overseas working at a management consulting firm, they started discussing about how startups work, what startups actually are, and they decided to come back to India. Um, in India, their first venture was a company called Cinema Box, which was actually a movie streaming company, wherein they were planning on showing uh, these movies uh, on Wi-Fi enabled uh, long journeys on buses, planes and trains. Uh, but they soon realized that this, while this was a great lifestyle business, it wasn't a very life-changing one. So they dropped that idea. Meanwhile, they also met uh, uh, Chandra, who Raghav Chandra, who was uh, a CS major from UK, UC Berkeley. He was uh, interning at Twitter, and he had quit his internship and had founded a, a buggy.com, which was a ride-sharing platform. Uh, he was more of a CS uh, guy, and he was not really interested in the operational side of things. And this was a ride-hailing startup, which required massive operational scaling. So he decided to shut that venture. But all three of them had already connected and they decided to form a company together. Uh, in their brainstorming sessions, they were looking for these um, uh, these sectors in India, which were uh, not yet disrupted by large techno uh, technological companies. Uh, this was 2014, back when Flipkart and Ola were uh, uh, gaining massive traction and they were increasing uh, largely. So uh, that's when they discovered the home services industry, which was highly disorganized. And uh, they decided to uh, give it a, a shot. Uh, this is where Urban Clap comes in. They named it Urban Clap initially because uh, they wanted to change the urban consumer's life in a clap, which means like in a second. So uh, they decided to go ahead with Urban Clap here. Uh, then uh, when they were discussing how to, uh, you know, how to actually formulate this, how to actually go about uh, organizing this sector, they uh, started looking at two two different models, basically. One catered to the blue-collared workers and the second one uh, catered to the white-collared workers. The blue-collared workers, by uh, here I mean uh, people like um, uh, plumbers and electricians, people who we need to cover our daily uh, services for. And by the white-collared services, we mean the interior designers and the wedding photographers. For the blue-collared services, it was uh, slightly simpler. They had a full-stack st uh, full model, which they were 
working with therein it's like uh, you know how when you place an order on swiggy or zomato you can just place uh, an order for a food item a commodity here you could place an order for a service so they revolutionized the industry that way by going with a mobile first approach and by uh, enabling customers to simply order a service at their at their leisure for the uh, white collar industry they had a slightly uh, more um, evolved model they created a custom matchmaking um, algorithm in house wherein they were uh, once you input your needs into the app uh, they were matching you with a list of potential customers keeping in mind your budget constraints and other criteria this model was slightly more convoluted because uh, as they realized over time they did not have a full um, uh, control over the entire process this was the connect model uh, eventually they decided to go forward with the full stack model because uh, it was a more end to end process more seamless it was also um, uh, over a shorter duration and there were high purchases made so this is uh, what went forward and this is how they came about creating the company that is urban clap so rather remarkable story bhumika can you talk a bit about the unit economics and how they went from there uh, to scaling through to 2020 sure mazin so um now we've extensively mentioned in our piece that uh, the birth of urban company happened as a result of you know the focus of uh, focus it to breaking order into a highly disorganized market and that has been a continued theme in a lot of the startups that we've uh, you know covered in our newsletters uh, but urban company was also looking at this uh, problem in another manner this wasn't just another opportunity to play middleman and monetize uh, it wanted to give back um some control to the local professionals who were currently taking home only around um, 20% of the value of the services they were providing uh the norm at least uh, back in 2015 2016 was that uh, the average beautician would take home only um, 20% of the earnings while parlors or salon chains would keep the other 80% and not without good reason of course like there was a lot of expenditure on salon infrastructure and operations but uh this was more or less the industry standard now uh, urban companies uh, monetizing strategy was to take a cut from each order uh, as commission and this number varied between 10 and 20% so um it had given the local professional the choice to make uh, an income by finding an alternative channel of uh, business and um perhaps even tripling or quadrupling their uh, earnings if they continued servicing the same number of customers in the same time period so Uh, this also presented you know um, the partners some sort of flexibility the app would basically send them a service request and uh, after masking the customer details uh, the service partner could choose to whether you know um, respond to the demand or not so uh, being an urban company service professional did not mean that you only had access to a broader market and this uh, flexibility but uh, you were also offered insurance and had easier uh, access to credit as well so considering all of these factors it was safe to say that um, you know the incentives for becoming a service professional uh, as a partner sorry so those were already in place and all that had to be done was provide a smooth and straightforward onboarding experience for anybody who wanted to you know join their ever growing community and they relied majorly on uh, online advertising and word of mouth to grow their base uh talking about the other leg of the platform which was the service receivers like uh, urban company depended largely on advertisement here as well uh, you know they were acquiring new customers through uh, 
PPC, uh, you know, marketing and channels like YouTube. And uh, initially, the cost to uh, acquire one new customer was uh, calculated to be around 800 rupees. And within a year, this was brought down to under 400. So um, assuming that their average uh, ticket size was 1200 rupees, uh, with the commission ranging between 10 and 20% on each order, the company needed like uh, roughly two transactions from every customer to break even on this leg of operation. So uh, those were good numbers for a company just starting out. And uh, 2015 was the year they raised both their Series A and B funding, and within five months of each other, like they backed I think 10 and 25 million in each of those rounds, respectively. So uh, 2015 ended well, uh, but 2016 was not kind to the home services industry as a whole. Uh, many startups had ended up burning uh, large amounts of cash in an attempt to win the market, but. Once this uh, hyper-local services bubble burst, they ended up broke and eventually had to shut shop. So uh, urban companies' financials didn't look so great for the year either. They had made just around uh, 80 lakh rupees from commissions. And the bottom line, though, was still that they had survived the crisis. And uh, they were now focusing on trying to, you know, uh, diversify their offerings to encompass the entire array of the needs of uh, an urban consumer so they were looking to you know uh, partner with a couple of uh, prevalent startups in the year in the year 2016 i think they acquired uh, handy homes which was the leader in the appliance repair segment uh, and good services which had a tech stack that urban company were interested in and uh, this was a win-win situation because things were grim as a whole in the year and if smaller home services startups were you know, the sinking ships of the time acquisition was the lifeboat. So, and just like everything else, the crisis also passed by um, 2017. I think urban company uh, raised their CDC. They had a 10K strong community. Things were looking lively again. And this is when they had, you know, mentally begun preparation for uh, taking their venture abroad. And um, as expected, sort of uh, in April 2018, they started operations in Dubai. So Dubai was uh, a consumer-heavy market, uh, and it was largely untouched when it came to um, online at-home service providers. And uh, Dubai was a success, and in came Series D, $50 million this time. And uh, I think Urban Company ended fiscal year um, 18 with 1.2 million orders placed and a customer repeat rate of 75%. So uh, with the Dubai move doing so well, they came to Abu Dhabi in uh, 2019, and uh, with the presence of, you know, in the presence of two cities in UAE, they targeted twice the growth month on month, and it seemed like everything was going with them. Within eight months, uh, you know, of their Series D, they announced that they raised 75 million in their Series E, which took their valuation from around 480 million to I think 930, just about doubling it or so. Uh, so uh, this was a stage, you know, where a lot of attention was on them and on their business model. And it was as good a time as any for um, some external, I mean, internal examination and reflection. So, uh, you know, as Manchi spoke about the connector and the full stack model, uh, they came to realize that uh, they were trying, you know, to be everything for everyone. And if there's one thing we love to remind people on this podcast is that that doesn't work for so long. So urban companies connector model was underperforming and they realized that, you know, uh, their strengths were 
their fleet of service professionals and their standardized procedures and pricing, which were all parts of their full stack model. And like uh, Manchi had mentioned, in 2019, they chose to, you know, they made a conscious decision to pivot and transition to an entirely full stack model. And they retired the connector model and any avenue of business that couldn't make, you know, the transition with them. Yeah, quite the journey. Uh, and yeah, definitely lines that we like to remind everyone of. Love them. <laughs> uh, Shelly, so how did Urban Company uh, deal with the pandemic and what happened and what does the future look like for them going forward? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, uh, as you know, when the pandemic hit last year, uh, due to the complete lockdown that was placed in March, by April, uh, Urban Company had close to zero revenues. Uh, profitability seemed very far away. And UC professionals had nowhere to go because people wouldn't let any stranger come into their house performing services which were non-essential at that point of time. But uh, I think Urban Company used this lockdown period to upskill itself in a number of ways. First of all, it tried to position itself as a safe alternative. Uh, it collaborated with celebrities to put uh, to build trust in consumers. Uh, it spent heavily on advertising and putting ads everywhere on YouTube and other channels. Uh, but now it seemed like after being in the game for six years, uh, it was back to square one, trying to build that trust with the consumers. Uh, so uh, what they did is they used a three-pronged approach. They called it Mission Shakti. And under that, they uh, divided it into three parts, Project Kavach, Project Vishwas, and Project Josh. This was primarily towards uh, uh, how to uh, get, uh, helping the gig workers, basically. So for example, Project Kavach focused on making these services safe in place. Uh, the service professionals were to be conduct, uh, were supposed to conduct daily temperature checks, monitor health, and were provided PPE kits, sanitizing tools. They also uh, innovated some of their techniques. For example, they used some products which were which are not a one use a single which are which are not for single use in general. But due to the pandemic and people's concerns about safety, they started using these new types of products. Uh, then uh, they also helped the service professionals to maintain their liquidity when they when the business was not as good and uh, so they disbursed about 11 crore in uh, rupees in, in which was interest fee given to these service professionals uh, they also uh, they also planned health insurance for these service professionals which was not uh, which is not something that generally the gig economy employers do then uh, coming back to uh, doing this for continuously for a few months by November, it was almost on a path to go grow 2x uh, compared to the last year's business. Uh, so I think Urban Company used this time of lockdown in upskilling its workers as well as helping its company to grow uh, back to the level that it was growing in 2020. Now people have actually started using this service again as a safe alternative. Uh, looking at the future of Urban Company, I think it has been continuously evolving, including its name. It started with the name Urban Clap. Now, since it has expanded into global territories and has provided a lot more services, uh, it changed its names to Urban, uh, Urban Company. So, uh, growing from horizontal to vertical to full stack. Now, I think it in India, it's uniquely positioned because it is trying to formalize a market 
that has inherently been informal all the all throughout the history so uh, looking at what are uh, urban companies plans for the coming time i think there are three or four key areas where they are working uh, before uh, before heading for their ipo maybe in next 2 3 years uh, so one is that generating a new revenue stream by selling private label products in the beauty segment so private label is a very lucrative space for uh, a lot of companies because they get a lot of margin you have control on your supply of products and quality and of course cost then secondly they are trying to go deeper in the in each category and building category specific fe- product features for example uh, if you hire a technician for rep- repairing your ac you would want uh, in an offline market to if there is any problem you would want that same person to come and visit because he knows what had happened in the last visit so that feature they are trying to build in the uh, in their app specifically for the home repair business similarly for beauty segment they are trying to expand they are trying to share more beauty regimen recommendations making more customized uh, making more customized features for these customers uh, then next the biggest i think the biggest goal which is a bit ambitious but i think but uh, right now they have seen positive track on that is that creating 1 million micro entrepreneurs in the coming 4 to 5 years so they have partnered with uh, national skill and development council and under that partnership they uh, nsdc and skill india mission uh, they provide certificates to these training professionals so right now i think they have close to 40000 service professionals out of which 35000 are in india itself and uh, so they are looking to be a link, sort of linkedin for blue collar jobs by creating this largest workforce database so they are trying to create a uh, flywheel effect where they are creating a lot of supply and generating demand at the same time so in the in the later years we could see that uc is actually generating employment for other companies as well through its certified professionals so i think uh, looking at its future uh, it has presence in all tier 1 cities and 22 tier 2 cities so uh, and with in india's ever growing urban population i think india uh, urban company has a very lucrative market to go to and of course the events of internet adoption in the uh, in tier 2 and tier 3 cities will definitely help urban company uh, meet its own goals and challenges so yeah i think that's it yeah certainly sounds like urban company has a bright future ahead of them and with an ipo on the horizon look out for for where they they're going to go uh thank you so much for tuning in to a junior vc unfiltered we hope you enjoyed the episode uh we will see you next week